Let us turn to words you will find in the chapter we read in the book of Exodus, chapter 33. Verse 15. Exodus chapter 33 verse 15 And he said unto him that is the Lord uh, Moses said unto the Lord If thy presence go not with us Carry us not up hence <clears throat> Now you know that uh, Israel were camped in the area of Mount Sinai for a period of about a year after they had left Egypt and uh, it was on Mount Sinai that the Lord gave uh, Moses the special manifestation of his power and of his glory in the giving of the law. While uh, Moses was on the mount receiving the law, the moral and the ceremonial law and particularly the law governing the erection of the tabernacle, we know that uh, Israel under the leadership of Aaron apostatized. And you know the well-known story when uh, they made and worshipped the golden calf. Now the seriousness of that sin is uh, aggravated because of the covenant that the Lord had publicly made with them and they with the Lord prior uh, to Moses' ascension to Mount Sinai. And uh, they had covenanted to be the special people of God, the people who had been redeemed by God from Egypt. And while after Moses left them to go up the mount, their only complaint while he was away was this prolonged absence on the mount. And uh, yet in that relatively short period of time, they uh, sinned grievously against the Lord whom they had promised to obey. And they broke every single law that the Lord was certainly the first, in the first table of the law that the Lord was giving Moses on their behalf. And it's amazing how quickly these people forgot the vows that they had made, forgot their deliverance under God's hand from Egypt, forgot the awe-inspiring presence of God that they had witnessed on Mount Sinai. It's amazing how quickly they forgot all these things. And yet, the more you and I get to know our own hearts, the less surprising it becomes that people should so quickly forget the vows that they make and the glory of God that they are witnesses of. Is it not true of every one of us that we are only too quick to forget 
these things in our own lives. Well, the preceding chapter and the one which our text is uh, found give us uh, some information about the not just the seriousness of their sin but the retribution that that sin brought upon them. When Moses uh, came down from the mount, you know what happened, he broke the tables of stone and uh, the uh, when uh, the Lord indicated to them through Moses that he was not prepared to lead them any longer to go up before them with his own presence that he would send an angel rather instead of himself when this message was communicated to the people the people repented and sought through Moses the gracious presence of God with them again and we have here in this chapter a, 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 a picture of this great mediator this wonderful man of prayer this great leader of the people interceding on their behalf and pleading for God's presence to be renewed to them and perhaps the words in verse 14 could be read as a question the Lord said to Moses shall my presence go with thee and will I give thee rest and the Lord Moses answered and said if thy presence go not with me carry us not up hence and the request here from Moses is but for an extension of the promise that God had given to himself on behalf of his people God had promised that he would be with him as he led this people through the wilderness and in making the request Moses identifies himself with the people if thy presence go not with me carry us not up hence and what he wanted for himself he wanted to share with them now I would like very briefly this morning to consider with you the meaning of this word what does Moses mean when he asks for the presence of the Lord and look secondly at the value that we ought to place upon the presence of the Lord and seek thirdly to apply this in some way to our own situation here if thy presence go not with me carry us not up hence now what do we understand by the presence of the Lord <clears throat> well you know that generally speaking we tend to think of the presence of the Lord as that which prevails everywhere. God is simultaneously everywhere. We speak of the omnipresence of the Lord. That is what we mean by that. God being present everywhere at the same time. There is no part of this universe in which God is not. The psalmist tells us that he's in the place of the living, that is, he is here in this world. God is in the place of the dead. Ascend I heaven, though thou art there, there if in hell I lie. And we ought to remember that there is no place where God is not. And in one sense, what makes hell 
the agony that it is is that God's presence is inescapably there there is nothing as Dr. Shedd put it there is nothing for the lost in hell to look at but God and they hate what they look at and in that sense the torment of hell emanates from their own being God is everywhere he is present everywhere that is what we mean by the omnipresence of God but it means something else in this context when Moses prays if thy presence go not with us or with me he isn't thinking of the omnipresence of God because as I said God is with everybody God is everywhere no matter where you go you cannot escape from the presence of God and it's interesting to note by the way that much of what causes the disquiet in many a heart today is that try as they might and use whatever means they seek to employ they cannot get away from the reality of the being of God God is but Moses meant more than that and the church of God the people of God mean more than, by that, than that by the presence of God we've heard a lot of this in the past few days the word Emmanuel being used over and over and over again God with us and it is the presence of God in a special way that Moses thinks of and speaks of here when he uses this word it is the presence of God through faith and if you may put it in, in our own if we could think of it like this today God with us in Christ God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself this world as Robbie Duncan put it is a divinity visited world God visited this world God, this world saw the presence of God in Christ when the glory of God was encased in human flesh in human nature when he took to himself our nature God was in this world and people in this world saw God in our nature and heard God in our nature and handled God in our nature and listened to God in our nature in a very real sense those who were living in those days had the presence of God the tabernacle of God was with men God was in this world when he visited it when he, when he came in our nature at the incarnation during his sufferings and death and resurrection and as, and as he ascended from this world God was there and in that sense the church of God today can speak of the presence of God God in Christ but that doesn't exhaust the meaning of this word presence with the people of God in the world there is in a sense a more wonderful presence and manifestation of God than even that and it is the presence of God through the spirit with his people in the world 
And you know how the New Testament speaks of this as the indwelling of the Spirit. Or that great passage in, and passages in John 14, 15 and 16. When Jesus explained the meaning of the Spirit's coming into the world. And the Spirit's presence with his people in the world. It is necessary for you that I go away. It is expedient for you. Indispensable. And there he... he, he he, he elicited what I said, that the presence of God in a more wonderful way with the people of God today than even while the Lord was in this world clothed in, in, in human nature. The presence of God in, the, in this wonderful way through the Spirit. If I, go, if I don't go away, said the Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, he will come. And we know that the coming of the Spirit was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost and he came in all his blessed fullness to his church in the world and uh, the, 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 the spirit of God is with his people in the world to this day and as someone put it the Bible uses virtually every possible preposition to express the intimacy of this relationship between spirit and the people of God in the world God is in us God is around us. God is, God is underneath us. God is before us. God is beside us. God is near us. God is upon us. And God is with us. All these prepositions the Bible uses to illustrate the close relationship that exists between the presence of God through the Spirit and his people in the world. And this is why the Bible speaks of God and his presence leading his people, comforting his people, guiding his people, instructing his people, upholding his people, sustaining his people. And this was the whole thrust of Jesus teaching about the Spirit to the disciples that night which was betrayed. When he has come, he will remind you of all things that I have told you. When he has come, he will show you the things that belong to me, and he will glorify me. When he has come, he will comfort you. He will stand beside you in your need. And this is the way in which the Spirit meets the needs of his people. He reminds them of the words of the Lord. And you know that this is a great part of the Spirit's ministry, in our own experience, day by day. The words that you heard yesterday, maybe you think you forget, you've forgotten them. But the Spirit's function is to, as it were, to reawaken them, to bring them to the surface in your consciousness. And it reminds you. And that is why, for example, words, sermons that people have heard long ago, they thought they had forgotten. And yet there are times when the Spirit of God rekindles, as it were, the flame of these words in their hearts. Don't forget that that is part of the Spirit's ministry. When he has come, he will remind you of the things that I have spoken to. It was the same with the disciples when the, Jesus, when the Spirit came. They remembered. The Spirit, as it were, brought before their mind's eye the words that the Lord had spoken to them while he was with them and they couldn't understand them then but they understood them now they, they were understanding them now and is it not the case you some people complain about sermons that they hear I can't follow that and I can't understand that 
young people particularly. And so we are instructed that you to make the preaching as simple as possible. Feed people with milk and be, be as simple as you possibly can. My friend, do you not realize this? That part of the Lord's teaching is that some of the teaching that you hear today, you may feel is doing you no good, you can't understand it. But do you know what good is going to do you in years to come? It's been the case with us all. Teach that we couldn't understand as young believers. But what happened years afterwards when you come to a bit of maturity and understanding? These things come back. And that is the Spirit's work. That's the point I wanted to make. And this is part of the Spirit's presence with this church in the world. What a sad world it would be for you and for me today. If we couldn't go forward to 1986 without the confidence that the Spirit of God would fulfill His ministry and experience by reminding us of what we have heard and of what the Word has been saying to us through the years. And I wouldn't be mistaken, there are some people here today who derive far more benefit from what they heard than from what they are hearing. I wouldn't be a bit surprised at that. This is part of his presence, part of his ministry as he is present with, as he is present with the people. And then he shows them how else does he comfort them? How does he stand beside them to help them? By, by showing them preeminently the glory of Christ he shall receive of mine. When the word of the Lord gives you fresh insight into the glory of the person of Christ, into the glory of his work, and the meaning of his work, and the necessity of his work. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? When you see these things with fresh vision in the word of the Lord. What's that? But the Spirit's ministry and the Spirit's work he shall receive of mine, and show it unto you. And this is the presence that the people of God want. Again, as you look forward to the unfolding year, what do you want to see more of? Do you not understand Moses' prayer here, Lord? Show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. And without his presence, you wouldn't see the glory of God. And neither will you and I see the glory of the Lord without the presence of the Spirit. And this is what we need. The Spirit of the Lord to shed light for us upon the meaning of the world. And the Spirit of the Lord, as it were, to, 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 to take away the scales of unbelief and lack of understanding from our eyes, that we may behold wondrous things in His law, that we may see more of the glory of Christ. If thy presence go not with us, carry us not up hence, and you can say that looking into, the new, into this year. If thy presence go not with me to teach me thy word, to show me the glory of the Saviour, to show me my need, to show me thyself. Then it would be a bleak outlook indeed for each one of us. So, the presence of the Lord was necessary. In a sense, the Lord's presence is always with his people. There is a sense in which his presence is permanent with the church. 
He never withdraws his presence from the church. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We know that. But you see, there's something else here. There is what B.B. Warfield called the realizing sense of his presence with the world, with his church in the world. The comfort of his presence with his church in the world. And you and I would be the first to agree to admit that there are times in life when we do not have the realizing presence sense of his presence when we do not have the comfort of his presence in the world there are times when the Lord withdraws his presence from his people in the sovereignty of his dealings with them and so that is said of them as I say as said of, his, of the church in, in his day they were walking in darkness having no light and yet the Lord was with them and he encouraged them to trust in the Lord there are times when the Lord withdraws his presence from us because of our sins. And who doesn't know these seasons in his life? As God said of his love old, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their sins. Samson knew the awfulness of this. So, does, so did Israel, of whom we are reading this chapter, as they entered into battle at Ai under the leadership of Joshua, sin was in the life of the nation and God's presence was withdrawn. The psalmist said, If I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. There are times when you and I are left to ourselves in this sense. And we come to know then the meaning of disillusionment and defeat and weakness. Why is that? Because like Israel of old we aggravated the Lord and we grieved his presence and the spirit of the Lord is a noble spirit as Paul tells us in the letter to the Ephesians and that is why he uses these words grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And you know there are times when the loss of the presence of God is that which proves to you the worth and the value of that presence. And just as, 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 as uh, before I, I pass on to, to, to discuss with you very briefly the, the value that is placed upon the presence of God, let us remind ourselves that there are conditions, in a sense there are conditions that God sets before us if we are to have this presence with us in the world as we journey on. We are to see to it that we don't give sin a welcome in our hearts. We are to see to it that we don't feed sin in the heart. We are to see to it that we humble ourselves under the presence of God. We are to see to it that we renounce Self and self-righteousness and self-exaltation and self-confidence. We are to see to it that we confess our sins, mourn over our sins, grieve for our sins. And as I said, that we turn away from our sins. These things are necessary if we are to have the presence of God with us 
as we journey on through the world, but in our world, what value do we place upon this presence? Well, we need the presence of God for guidance. The way ahead of us is unknown to every one of us, but not to him. And what a privilege it would be today to set out in this new year seeking the guidance of God in our lives. We need his presence to protect us. You and I are engaged. If we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are engaged in a bitter conflict in this world. We are living in a world which is antagonistic to the claims of Christ. We carry with us sin which seeks to destroy the work of Christ. And that is why we are locked in bitter conflict day by day by day with fears within and fightings without. And we need the protecting presence of God. We need his guidance thirdly to provide for us along the way. We need the sufficiency of his grace. You and I are too weak to contend with this world. This world is too strong. Sin is too strong. Our enemies are too strong for each one of us. And for us, as it was for Elijah, the Lord reminded him, Elijah of this. The way ahead, he says, is rough, it's difficult, impossible on your own, arise ever and eat. And so it is with you and with me. Life is far too much for any one of us. But then you see the presence of God is pledged there for provision. My grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. And we need, it, we need the presence of God to comfort us. Ah yes, the presence of God to comfort us. When life's difficulties confront us. You see there are some people here today who can look back on the past year and who have to exclaim with the psalmist of old lovers and friend hast thou put far from me mine acquaintance into darkness who doesn't taste of the bitterness of sorrow from time to time but yet Though the streams fail, the fountain abides. If thy presence go not with me, tarry is not up hence. The presence of the Lord abides. When others leave us and pass away, as someone put it, if the lamps be extinguished, the sun continues. If the streams fail, we have the fountain. Remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 94, wasn't it? In the month of my thoughts let this be my comfort and he was speaking about the abiding presence of the Lord let us then from this day seek the blessing of his presence let us believe that he has promised to give us his presence and let us plead this presence before the throne that when I go, said someone, his presence may lead me. That when I sleep, his presence may keep me. And that when I awake, his presence may talk with me. You see, nothing but his presence would do Moses. God asked him, 
Will my presence go with thee? Will I go before thee and give thee rest? And Moses replied without a moment's hesitation, Lord, if thy presence go not with me, don't take us up from here. And what if the Lord were putting a question to you today at the beginning of this year in your life? Will my presence go with you? Do you want my presence with you? Do you want me to go before you to give you rest? Can you say with Moses, Lord, if I don't have that, what's the point of going on? It was the presence of God that saved Lot from Sodom. It was the presence of God that saved Israel from Egypt. It was the presence of God, said Jacob, to his own, to, to Herod, to, to Pharaoh, and the presence of Joseph. It was the presence of, of God with him along life's way that had saved himself. It was the presence of God that saved Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. It was the presence of God that saved Daniel in the lion's den. It was the presence of God with the disciples that saved them in the storm on the lake. It was the presence of God, as we saw last Sabbath night, that was a source of comfort and safety to Paul in that tremendous storm in the ship en route to Rome. And as I said, you and I know nothing of what lies ahead of us. But then you see, if we were guaranteed the presence of God today, then we could face the future with confidence. There is a story told of Henry VIII that he was wandering one night in the streets of London in disguise, and he was met at the bridge foot by some of the watch. And not giving a good account of himself, he was carried off by the watch and spent a night in prison. And it said that on his liberation, he granted a 30 bags of coal and a quantity of bread for the solace of night prisoners. And this is a point that was made. Our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, deliberately and by no mistake has gone into the prison with us and thereby knows well how to sympathize and succor. He is with his people in all their afflictions. He was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. And this is one of the great teachings of, of, of the writer to the Hebrews when he was encouraging these, these uh, suffering Christians. We have a high priest, he said, with us, who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was making the abiding presence of the living Lord with his people in this world. And that's the value that they place upon his presence. Look at the little child in stressful situations. A wee child, for example, going to the doctor, going to the dentist. Why does that child want the mother's presence with her? For her comfort and for her consolation. And whatever your present situation, no matter how deep and complicated your need may be, as we sang here this morning, it's covering feathers around you. How great is the goodness that thou providest for them that fear thee. 
we need his presence along the way and the assurance that he will then give us rest and even rest as we journey on because there is tremendous rest in knowing the petal garden with his eye closed rest from anxiety take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart his great teaching in the sermon on the, on the mount take no thought for the morrow don't be over anxious all oh, the difficulty of putting that into practice some people say live by the sermon on the mount do you not realize my friend that that is part of life's discipline that you are not to allow cares to invade your mind and to draw you away from resting upon him how often have we found that in the past year in the past years notwithstanding the fact that the teaching is so clear that we have to trust him in all situations how many times have you found yourself obsessed with worry well we need his presence that we may be that we may be given rest from anxiety that we may be given rest from perplexity what time my heart is overwhelmed at the psalmist lead me to the rock that is higher than i and with his presence that we may have rest in times of sorrow and that we may not write hard things against god and his presence that we may have rest in a dark world with the assurance that when this present world system comes to an end then we will have rest from all the darkness and all the sin that is associated with it you know the way the hymn writer put it when through the deep waters I cause thee to go the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow for I will be with thee in trouble to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress when through fiery trials thy path we shall be my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply the flame shall not hurt thee i only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine and finally the soul that on jesus hath leaned for repose i will not i will not desert to his foes that's all though all hell should endeavor to shake i'll never no never no never forsake what a joy to the presence of the lord with us at the beginning of another year and with what confidence my friend you can stride out you can stride out into it with the lord beside you promising not to leave you nor to forsake you until that day dawns when you shall enter into the abiding presence of God where sin shall be no more how do you look forward to this year do you have that assurance at the beginning of it that the lord is with you what a prayer this is today for pastor and people
that thy presence go not with me carry us not up hence oh my friend can we be united in this prayer at least whatever else we may wish for one another for ourselves and for others whatever else we may wish can we pray in the secrecy of our heart even at this very moment O Lord give each one of us thy presence and go before each one of us with that presence and with that guidance with that protecting power and go before us to open up the way for us and go before us as our saviour to save us and all whom we commit to thee well I wouldn't want to wish you anything less than this and I know that I couldn't wish you anything more because there is none greater than God and there is nothing greater than his presence may you know it in an ever increasing measure in your own life and in your own home let us pray may the Lord be with us to bless us and to guide us do thou keep us, O Lord, in thy fear, and bless us, each one of us, with thy presence. We ask these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>